Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluff Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light West CB. Jesus is doing the same thing in Luke as he is in Revelation 2.9. He's reminding the poor, the outcast, the not good enough, the oppressed, and the persecuted that there is something far greater than the pleasures, the riches, and the applause of this world. Namely, that is knowing God himself. There is a greater kingdom than Rome. There's a greater applause than that of your neighbor or your coworker or your boss. There's greater riches than dollars and cents. And all of it is found in knowing Jesus. And we experience that in our world, right? As we are the most prosperous, rich, advanced country, society in the whole world. And yet, addiction, abuse, mental illness, hopelessness runs rampant in our world. For all the youth, this will be a familiar, I used, I talked about this example in youth group a few weeks ago, but I'll talk about Matt Damon. Matt Damon is an actor. You might know him from movies like Interstellar, where he was an astronaut that needed to be rescued, or The Martian, where he was an astronaut that needed to be rescued, Saving Private Ryan, where he was a soldier that needed to be rescued, Courage Under Fire, where he played a military medic that needed to be rescued. I mean, the guy has got range. you got to admit that. But Matt Damon was first known for a little film called Goodwill Hunting. He both wrote and acted in Goodwill Hunting with his childhood friend and Dunkin' Donuts spokesman, Ben Affleck. And it's, it is a great movie. It's won a bunch of awards. And at the ripe old age of 27, Matt Damon was nominated at the Oscars for being the best actor, nominated for being the best movie, and he actually won the Oscar for best writing. At 27 years old, Matt Damon was on top of the world. He was rich, he was famous, he was young, handsome, movie star, everything everyone has ever dreamed of. He's accomplished it. And here's what he had to say about it. I remember very clearly looking at that award and suddenly had this feeling wash over me. Imagine chasing that and not getting it. And then years later, finally getting it in your 80s or your 90s with all of life behind you and realizing, what an unbelievable waste of your life. Because it can't be good enough. It can't fill you up. Matt Damon is just pointing out what we all know to be true, that it's never enough. No matter how much money you make, no matter how much you accomplish, no matter how many attaboys you get, it's never enough. And so Jesus is telling the Christians in Smyrna to know, and he wants us to know this morning, that there's something greater than the riches, the accolades, the accomplishments of this world. Man, if it means sacrificing your commitment to Jesus, it's not worth it because you have something far greater in God. When we have Jesus, we have more than we could ever need. When we have Jesus, we don't need applause and acclaim because we know even at our salvation, all of heaven rejoiced and celebrated. And our eyes are set forth on the day when we hear, well done, good and faithful servant from the God of the universe. 
When we have Jesus, we don't need riches because we've been brought into the family of God. And now we're heirs to the promise of Abraham, inheritors of God's kingdom forever and ever. When we have Jesus, we have a firm foundation. Our identity is set as one loved and accepted no matter what. In Jesus, we have everything we need and more. And so, to this church who's enduring suffering and persecution... And the church who's being boxed out, unable to achieve, unable to have any material wealth. The question is, how do we remain faithful and obedient to Jesus in the midst of a world that isn't? Only by seeing the vanity and uselessness of the pleasures of sin. That's what the whole book of Ecclesiastes is about. And instead, experiencing the beautiful freedom and joy of walking with Jesus. This is what Thomas Chalmers called the expulsive power of a new affection. John Piper says, uh, says it this way. The most effective way to kill our own sin is by the power of superior pleasure. No one sins out of duty. We sin because it's more pleasant or less painful than the way of righteousness. So bondage to sin is broken by a stronger attraction, a more, a more compelling joy. And so, like, man, what we need to know as people who are fighting against a world that is trying to pull us away from Jesus, trying to distract us from Jesus, we want to look more like Jesus, right? What we need to see is Jesus as more beautiful, more compelling, more attractive than all of our sin, all the things that we tend to run to. We need to know that Jesus is better, Philippians 3, 7, 8 says it this way. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Like everything else is a loss. Like knowing God, having a relationship with him, being set free from your sin, walking with him is better than anything this world can offer. That's how the church in Smyrna could be poor and yet rich. They had nothing, but they actually had everything. They were needy, but they were blessed because they treasured Jesus above all else. This is what Jesus commends them for. And it's something for all of us to slow down and ask ourselves, man, is that true of me? Like, is that true of me? Do I really love Jesus more than getting a promotion? Do I really love Jesus more than the money in the bank? Do I really love Jesus more than all the accolades, acclaim, all the dreams I have? The questions to deal with are like, where, do you, where does your mind go? What do you daydream about? When you think about your ideal life, does it have more to do with your living accommodations or your spiritual maturity? When you think about what you hope to accomplish in this life, is it more about climbing a corporate ladder or growing in your knowledge of the word of God? If you were to truly evaluate your life, your day-to-day, your hour-to-hour, would you say your life displays more care for your discipleship to Jesus or your own comfort, your own pleasures, or your own bank account? Here's the truth that Jesus gives us. 
in this passage. For those who have forsaken their own preferences and comfort and instead follow the footsteps of the slain lamb of God, your reward will dwarf whatever you gave up here on earth. Because you get to know the ruler of all creation in this life and you will experience his kingdom forever. That's what's being offered to the church in Smyrna. And we actually see tons of similarities between Smyrna and Philadelphia. This is why we kind of grouped them together. The church in Philadelphia is also persecuting, also struggling. We, we, we find out that they're beat, they're worn out, they're on their last leg. They're constantly being attacked and persecuted. And yet they are encouraged to continue in perseverance. No matter the suffering they are facing, no matter the persecution, chapter 3 verse 11 tells us that no one can take their crown. No matter what they're going through in this life, they will have eternal life. They still have Jesus. And not only that, but we learn that in chapter 3 verse 9, that their perseverance and obedience to Jesus will actually lead the same people who are persecuting them to turn around and follow Jesus themselves. The Christians in Philadelphia were so obedient to Jesus, so unrelenting in their faithfulness, that it actually made those who once hated them love their God. Can you imagine that? The people who once mocked them for their beliefs were in awe of the God that they worshipped. Man, when the world looks at us, do they see people who are resolute in their belief and their faithfulness to Jesus, even in hard times? Or do they see people who quickly give up and give in? I mean, church, I promise you, our long-term, committed, resolute love for West Council Bluffs will demonstrate to our neighbors not only our care for them, but Jesus' care for them. We need to remain faithful. We need to be long-suffering. We need to be here for the long haul, not for like a flash in the pan, but to say, man, we are committed to bringing God's kingdom here. And I believe that if we remain faithful If we don't compromise, if we continue to preach the gospel and display the fruits of the Spirit to our world, it will bear fruit. City Light, you might be tired. You might be weary. You might feel like giving in. You might feel like going back to that addiction or dropping out of city groups, sleeping in on Sunday mornings. You might feel like giving in to your anger. You might feel like pulling up the legs on your lazy boy and take a nap. I get it. (laughs) I'm with you. For the tired people in the room, for the weary people in the room, the message for us is to hold on. Christ will continue to empower us if we walk with him. And when we finally get out to the other side, we will see that Jesus was faithful to us the whole time. And he even used that trial, he even used that tribulation, that season of weariness to draw us closer to him and to shape us to look more like him. See, it's been a tough few years. Can we be honest about that? It's okay. It's been a tough few years. I mean, even this church, we planted this church in the middle of a pandemic. Do you even know how many churches shut down during the pandemic? Astronomical amounts. And we were, 
maybe foolish enough, I don't know. We were foolish enough, no, we're going to actually start a church in the middle of a pandemic. And that came with it all sorts of challenges. So many of you have poured out so much time, so much energy, so much passion into our city groups, into CLK, serving on Sunday mornings. We've personally, we've walked through beautiful moments, right? Weddings, baptisms, babies being born, worshiping together. But we've also been through hardships and tragedy, sickness, death, sudden layoffs, marital issues, mental health. It's been a long few years and you might be tired. But Jesus wants us to hold on. Our perseverance will lead to God's glory. James 1, 2, 4 says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self, it's being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. So for us as a church that's hoping to see gospel renewal happen in our city, hoping to see the spiritual landscape of our city turn around, who long to see healing take place. We want to see families made whole, addicts find freedom, young people have a promise for a future. We remain faithful to endure, to daily wipe our weary eyes, depend on God in prayer, then pick up our cross and follow him. That is our mission. That is how God's kingdom comes here as it is in heaven. And I have good news for us this morning. We started this church almost four years ago with the goal of lifting up Jesus, wanting to be a gospel-centered church where the perfect life, the atoning death, and victorious resurrection of Jesus was trumpeted every time we gathered together as a body. And by God's grace, the gospel has taken root. By God's grace, we've seen 41 people that have believed the gospel turn to Jesus and displayed that in baptism. 41 people who've had their eternity and lives altered and changed because of the good news of Jesus. And we're not done. There's more in the works. City like God himself, he saw us helplessly flailing around in our sin. And because of his great love for us, he came to earth, lived a perfect life, a life we couldn't live, and died a sinner's death in our place so that our sin could be atoned for and we could be righteous in the sight of God. And because Jesus rose from the dead, we too can have new and eternal life. And that's the most powerful message that's ever existed. It turned history upside down. It's changed countless lives, again, right in this room. We have been faithful, City Light, to preach the gospel. We have been faithful to tell our friends and our families about Jesus. And as we walk in perseverance, as we continue day by day to pick up our cross, may we continue to trumpet that gospel everywhere we go because this is the greatest news anybody's ever heard the God of the universe knows you loves you and wants relationship with you he wants to restore you and give you new life city light let's walk in perseverance when we planted this church we were committed to ongoing discipleship and spiritual formation by God's grace we're seeing that happen 
Dozens of you are involved in the women's Bible study, men's Bible study, equipped classes. I've seen how God has grown your character as you've walked in the fruits of the Spirit. I've seen bitterness let go of. I've seen healing take place. I've seen bad habits and addictions laid down. I've seen relationships restored. I've seen people who walk with Jesus grow in the knowledge of his word and mature in Christ. Amen. As we continue to walk in perseverance, may we be continued to be formed into his image. City Light, we've been faithful to live on mission. Many of you in this room have been a part of Trunk or Treat or our Vacation Bible School or the Mobile Food Pantry, which was changed to February 26th, not tomorrow. (laughs) By the way. And even just this past week, single moms were invited into this building, and so many of our people came and just loved on them, gave them a meal, watched their kids. City Light, we are called by Jesus to live on mission, to love the orphans and the widows, to feed the hungry, to tell people the good news about Jesus, and you're doing that by the thousands. Think about the number of people we've affected and helped over the past four years. Man, may we continue to live on mission as we walk in perseverance. And man, we've been faithful to live in community. Over 80 of you meet weekly in your city groups where you make personal connections and disciple one another. Man, you help each other move. You bring meals when someone is sick. You babysit for each other. You give each other a hand when it's needed. You are building relationships with one another. We are building a community, friendships that give one another life. And man... My prayer is that we would continue to live in community as we walk with perseverance. City Light, we need to follow Jesus with endurance. We have to fight daily against our proclivities to fall back into our selfish and sinful ways. We must persevere. In Revelation 1.1, go back a couple weeks, we are told that this book is about Jesus though, right? This book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And what I find interesting about the way these letters are laid out is that at the beginning of each and every letter, Jesus gives each church just a little bit of insight into who he is. Jesus knows what these churches are struggling with, and he knows how they need encouragement. And so he begins by, with each church to tell them just a part of who he is. So what do these two churches persecuted, poor, tired, worn out, ostracized. What do these kinds of churches need to know about who Jesus is? For Philadelphia, he is the holy one, the true one, the one who holds the keys of David. No one can do what he does and no one can undo what he does. And for Smyrna, Jesus says, I am the first, the last, who died and came to life. For a church that's being hunted down unfairly, treated, and even put to death. Jesus wants to remind them that he is the first and the last. For all the mistreatment, all the lies, all the injustice done against them, Jesus will have the final say, and no one can stop him. He is the one who has conquered death. So though death may be knocking at your door, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is the one who died on the cross for our sin, but he was raised up to new life. And all who trust in him will share in his resurrection and live forever in his kingdom. City life for those in this room who who are tired, tired of being mistreated, tired of seeing injustice happen. 
our God will have the final say. Maybe you're scared of death. Maybe you're near death. Maybe you're experiencing death in those close to you. Remember this morning that Jesus has overcome death. For the Christian, death is a non-factor. Death is an illusion. Death is powerless over you. You have eternal life because he has overcome death. Man, and he is holy. He is trustworthy and true. He has all power and authority in his hands. He is the king of the universe. That you can, so you can be sure that whatever he decrees will come to pass. This is our God. This is our Savior. This is our King. This is who Jesus is. And it's why we as a church take communion every week. Because what, just like the churches in Revelation, what we most need is to be reminded of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. And in communion, we're reminded of a few things. In communion, we're reminded how Jesus endured for us. How he walked that path up to Calvary. In communion, we were reminded how even in Jesus' suffering, he took up his cross. He bore the punishment for sin. And though he died, he was risen from the grave. His faithful endurance through the cross actually purchased for us salvation. So that all who trust in Jesus and follow him would not have their sin held against them. They are no longer guilty. They can live unashamed and free in relationship with God. And because Jesus was raised from the dead, we know that whatever suffering we are walking through, if we are following Jesus, we too will one be raised, everlasting, and eternal life. Man, for those in this room who are feeling the poverty of sin, who are at the end of their rope, for those of you who see the futility and destruction that your sin has led them down, And if you would like to be forgiven and to be given new life, the table of communion is for you too. The bread represents his body broken, the juice, his blood shed. God himself came to earth to die on the cross so that you could have life. The creator and owner of all creation became poor so that you might inherit the riches of heaven. The eternal God endured the cross so that you might have the strength to faithfully follow him into new creation. And so if you this morning say, man, I want to turn my life around and I want to follow Jesus. I need this forgiveness. I need this grace. I need to be free. Come take communion. Pray to God. Confess your sin. Say, man, I know I've screwed up. And then say, God, I want to follow you though. And then come take communion. And for all of us who've already made that decision and say, man, we're already trying to follow Jesus. We've, we've trusted in his grace to save us. And I'm committed to following Jesus obediently, whatever the future may hold. May we take communion as a reminder of the endurance required to actually look like Jesus. The lengths to which he went to save us, we are now called to walk the same road, to pick up our cross, to follow him, to love this world so that they might have new life. Let's pray. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers, but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.